0: i've gone to haunted houses and like like you know people are like hey my house is haunted and i'll be like hey can i go hang out at your house for a minute welcome to creative ops a podcast for
1: creative people Hey everybody, Christopher Tallon, author, musician, podcast host, sexy bald guy. <laughs> Alright, so I said I would have the next installment of the Mike Salt interview out last week, and then, um, you know, the terrible thing happened at Michigan State, and um, that one hit kind of close to home to me in a, in a literal sense, because my parents still live in the town that borders East Lansing, where Michigan State is, so... Um, I just, yeah, I didn't really feel like putting out a podcast last week because of uh, all of that. So, here is part two of the podcast that started (laughs) two weeks ago with Mike Salt. And uh, we talk about more writer stuff. We left off last time talking about social media, and uh, now we kind of talk about what we're working on now, future projects, and just some writing stuff. So, enjoy this one, part two with Mike Salt i'm sure you'll hear him on the podcast again at some point good guy um thanks for listening thanks for tuning in uh still thinking a lot about uh what happened last week uh just you know think about that if all the people that you love let them know that you love them just because you never know what's gonna go on man you never uh, you never know but yeah so here's part two of mike salt's interview that have not put out a book and are thinking about it plan the hell out of your pre-release because like Mike just said I think maybe somewhere between like 30 and 40 percent of my total sales or for sure online sales came in like that first month
0: yeah yeah you just and then as it's starting to teeter down you want to be able to release that next book and if you haven't planned ahead like you're not going to be ready and it just it, you know there, there there are some strategies you could do um some are some authors do another edition and they release that edition mm. and the complete like if you have fans that are completionists they'll be like i want that cover yeah, yeah. or i want that i want that extra chapter that you included at the end or i wanted that the short story you included so they'll, they'll buy the extra copies and stuff like that and like i'm not gonna lie I, i've done similar ideas just to try to get people you know keep it relevant you know yeah um
1: I mean, why not? That's what the, that's what the big guys do.
0: Yeah. I and mean, I've, I've done a, uh, you know, emails like, Hey, if you follow me on my email um, I'll send you a chapter that is a, a deleted scene, you know, a chapter that I couldn't fit in the book. I wanted to, but here it is, you'll be able to read it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you like, there's all these little tricks, you know, but like, yeah, it's all about that really that momentum of it, you know, and like just trying to catch it at the right time and just carrying it through so not everybody can have the time to release a book a year. You know, some people take a couple years. To, and I, I know that if I had to do that, it would just, I would fade away. You know, <laughs> I'd have to start over every when I wrote a book. You know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I want to write because my book I'm trying to think is like 320 something pages. I, the one I'm writing now is going to be probably at least 300 pages. But I want to dip into that <laughs> world of short stories or novellas because, like you said, they don't take as long to write. But um, it, it seems like people are moving back towards shorter stuff away from like super yeah. long stuff again. Because for Dude, a long time you they said short stories were not, there was no money in them. But now, like uh, there is yeah. Brandon Scott and Jill Girardi and a few other people are in, uh, what is it, Gates of Hell or 25 Gates of Hell or something like that. And that's been like an Amazon bestseller for months now
0: well like you're right like it, it it's all about the real it's about the market really like it used to be like there's no money in shorts and short stories and there probably really isn't but what it what it is that it gives you your name like people can see you your are writing yeah and they might be like i like that story what else do they got you know and it gets you in front of people and that's what's really important is just people seeing you write and enjoying your writing and then being interested enough to take that next step which is to follow you or to find out what else you have published yeah and i don't write short stories i've tried i've sent three or four short stories to publishers i mean to you know anthologies and i always get denied and it's just because i they're not good i don't my story <laughs> i submit they're not good
1: there's I there's need, a real I talent a, to brevity in yeah, storytelling like that the
0: the you know, the people that can do it consistently or that enjoy it, I have so much respect for. I just, it's just not me. I can't. i with you. I, I feel like if I, I have a really good idea, it should be a novel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, take, take my house on Harlan book that I released, uh, two years ago. Um, it was originally a short story. Um, I published it in a local magazine and like, you know, 2017 or 2018. and it, it did. It, 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 I put it on Amazon as, you know, a 99 cents ebook and it never, ever sold like maybe one or two a year, you know, and I hated the story. I, I love the story. I hated what was released, though. Yeah, there's only 3000 words. It, there was more to it. I knew that there was more to it. I took that same story, fleshed it out over 30,000 words, and I love that story. It's it's the same backbone. You know, the same skeletal structure, Mm. but it's fleshed out. It went in a direction I did not expect. Like I was talking about, I need to have an ending in mind when I write a story. That ending was at like 24,000 words. And I still had eight to 10,000 more words that I knew was still in the book. So that ending actually was spontaneous. It just kept going, you know? Um, Yeah, but I, I, I think you're right when it comes to like novellas. Like I love writing a novella. First of all, like you said, it's easier. It's faster. Um, It's not easier. I mean, but it is faster. You know, to get that pumped out. I
1: mean, just but just logistically, thirty thousand words thereabout versus seventy thousand words thereabout.
0: Yeah, it just logically you can write that faster, right? You know, Um, but also I find that a lot of people enjoy my small, the shorter books, the novellas, thirty-two thousand. You know, those get picked up more because um people want a weekend read they're going to go to yeah. a family holiday they're going to or they're you know they want a book ready for them when it, it, the weather's not good outside and they want to just read a book in a weekend you know mm-hmm. and people just pick them up just because they they want it like some people don't want to read for I, I know that personally if a book's over 500 pages it's going to sit on my my, my shelf longer
1: yeah you know <laughs> yeah, i no, want true. the
0: satisfaction of completing a book and sometimes I'll pick up a novella that's less than a hundred pages and I'm like, I've got time to read this. Let's just pump this out real quick, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I love writing a novella. I, I don't, you know, I, I write the occasional novel or I have aspirations to write longer books, but even as an author, I want this book to be as best as it can be. And if it happens to be 32,000 pages when it's done, then that's how much words I had in me, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: And so, you gotta
1: serve the story, not. Not your word count.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I hate when people are like, well, I want this book to be 70,000, 75,000 words. And I'm like, well, how many do you have right now? And they're like, nothing. It's just, I, I know that's what I'm going to hit. And I'm like, you don't know that. Yeah. You don't know that until you start writing. And if you do, you're forcing those words yeah. and your editor, if it's a good editor is going to cut out 20,000 of those words anyway. So the like, no, don't do that. Write the, write the book that needs to be told. Yeah you know and sometimes i know people that have written you know there's like one hundred and fifty thousand words and i'm like why are you doing this to yourself like like you could break that into two parts like Mm -hmm. stop like but you know i guess everybody has their own their own way so
1: yeah yeah it was weird with the with switchers once i was probably i don't know closing in on halfway on it i would just started getting like very specifically like i think i know almost exactly how many pages this is going to finish out to be right
0: (laughs) yeah yeah like once you hit that halfway mark there is a a little switch in your brain that says like you know i got like four chapters up in this book i know i do yeah you know and if i average this many pages per chapter like yeah i can get this book wrapped up by that time yeah it is it is fun though
1: yeah i thought the I i think i originally thought my book would be like 325 pages and then oh. it ended up being like 330 or something like that. So <laughs> damn, I was like, ah, damn, that's pretty close. That's very good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it would have been shorter, yeah. but some, uh, some cool people that helped me out. Um, other writers read it and were like, you know, this part at the ending doesn't quite make sense here. And so I went back there and made it a little bit longer because I was trying to jam everything in and they're like, no, 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 no. You need to pull that out a little bit more. I was like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's one thing like, when somebody's jumping into a book for the first time, you know, you you should rely on people. Like you need to have somebody whispering in your ear. Oh man, this doesn't make sense. You know. Yeah. If it wasn't like, for
1: Marcella, Brandon Scott, uh, Jennifer Susie, those guys, my book would have. Uh, I'm not going to say it would have been terrible, but it would have not been smooth like it enough. wouldn't have the same impact. Yeah. And TJ Tranchel, of course, he was my editor, but the other guys read it for free. No, no offense, TJ. <laughs>
0: I want to write a time travel horror book. Yay. And because dude, like time travel is my favorite by far science fiction genre.
1: So many ways, so many ways to do it.
0: And I I love, man, I like, you know, time loops. I love, I love like, you know, uh, just flat point Blake, you know, back to the future looper just anything in time travel. They're all so you know unique and fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to write a horror version of it. So what advice do you give me? As you know, you've written a time travel book. Yeah. What, what like where the biggest hurdle for me is the, the grandfather paradox. And I think I worked a way around that. Yeah. And um, my biggest thing is how to keep it, you know, how do I make it make sense by the end of it? Because you want to be able to make it start like you know what you're doing the entire goddamn time. Yeah. And I figured this is my chance to talk to somebody that knows a thing or two about time travel. Well, and how do you go to the science? How do you go around? How do you navigate around the science where your, your readers aren't going to be like, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about?
1: that. So towards the end of my book, in one of the uh, scenes that kind of builds up to the big climactic scene, they're like, okay, we got to figure out when this is going to happen. We've got some really smart math people that are going to do this. And what I had them do was, like, basically all the really smart people walked away from all the, like, normal people to go figure it out. <laughs> and the story was told from the perspective the of, like, the most normal guy, basically, you know. Um, and so they're sitting there like, God, what are those guys even talking about over there? Well, they're trying to solve it. Well, how come we don't get it? Because we don't know any better. Like, well, I do. It's like, dude, you failed algebra. Like, you know, so they're having that conversation while the important <laughs> conversation is being had. So you know the important conversation is being had. But you can kind of like, yeah, you can kind of sidestep the actual like really hard science that way. Um, (laughs) But I read it just a lot of hypothetical time travel stuff until I was like, "Ooh, that's the way I'm going to go, you know, just just on the time travel part of it. Um, But yeah, like you said, there's grandfather paradox, there's time loops, there's uh, mine's more of like the many worlds anytime you do something that starts a separate yeah. timeline rather than impacting the yeah. one you started on um but yeah I, I would say yeah just do as much like hypothetical research as you can on on it and then um brandon scott said it to me on the podcast he said like 80 percent of the research that you do will never make it into the book
0: oh 100 right
1: and so i've had one or two people say like you wrote about this pretty convincingly. How did you do that? I just read until like I started going, okay. I already know these things that I'm coming over again and again.
0: I'm once again reading the same sentence again. Yeah, yeah
1: yes. And and then once you get to that point, then you're like, okay. I'm just gonna, you know, merge what little bits of smartness I can into the way that I dumb talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you have to have that everyman character. Yeah. So that you can you can have somebody. Hey, your reader probably is just in the same ballpark. They don't know the math. Yeah. Yeah. When you're, that's been the hardest part for me.
1: Yeah. My character being a a first person character uh, helps with that a lot because you kind of accept, like, oh, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on right now, but we're just, it's kind of happening to us right now rather than, yeah. How are we going to turn the ship around? Well, first we have to do this and this, you know, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And as you know, that's not a helpful answer. I I, realize no. (laughs) No, it actually does. Like, Writing horror, I can't. I don't write first person. Yeah, like because I don't feel like there's any. There's no. There's no scale. Like the reader knows this person's telling the story. Yeah. So there's not going to be any. He's not going to die. He or she's will live, at least till the ending. You know, if if it's a first person story. So all my stories are outside of that, and I can kill anybody whenever the fuck I want. Yeah. And yeah, I have a story where the the main character dies in this third chapter hmm. and it should if it if it lands at the, the the readers kind of are always like unexpected like now all of a sudden they their, their view of the story shifts that's not the main character is there a main character who's safe yeah yeah but i can't do that with the first person narrative yeah and but the thing that's holding back from my times my time travel story has been the science you know how do i sit them down in the room and explain the science for the everyman that i i understand the the theories yeah but i don't understand math yeah. You know, so maybe that is the route I need to take. Maybe I just need to have the, the main characters just be like, uh, I, I'm too dumb for this. They, they they can crunch the numbers and we can just go. Yeah. You know, I think that might be the way I need to go with it. It's because that's been holding me up. I have the outline, I have what I know needs to happen, but I, I'm stuck there in the science. Yeah. You
1: know, well, I feel like movies do that a lot too. Maybe that's where I stole it from. It's like, you know, <laughs> the main character who we've been following this whole time, you stall these guys while I go do the science thing. Like, and then you follow yeah. him and like, how much longer? And you just see the scientist over his shoulder. I just need another minute. You know,
0: like just on the keyboard, just pressing yeah. buttons. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then you then you see a cursor loading at like forty five percent, sixty five percent, and you're like, oh, so something's happening, and it's loading. But yeah, yeah, I get. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's not really a twist because I start the book by saying the book starts out when you know you're about to die, and your last thought is dash next line no that's not the right way to start this so it's first person but you're like oh he's gonna die you know that we're, you know
0: where it's gonna like, to go to yeah. yeah
1: or at least you think he's gonna yeah because
0: what it, it drives to yeah yeah and also and that's what i like about time travel and that's what i w- want to play around with is you know like you can kill a character and then the character exists the next chapter and it is it like and that's the part that i hate about time travel that i also love like for the most part like my favorite let's roll back for a second to my love for comic books you know my favorite dc character is the flash you know mm-hmm. and i love the flash and i love his, his arcs and all that stuff but once you introduce time travel the stakes become meaningless you know like if if these four or five characters yeah. die and he can just run backwards and be like now nah, let's just stop them from dying and we're good yeah then there's no stakes anymore yeah
1: um, well, that's why I you have know, my DC characters is, specifically say of, more than once. Well, yeah, but this isn't like Back to the Future time travel because it's
0: yeah, it, it's branching timeline. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, like, there is repercussions. You left the you left a universe where those people are dead to come back to them, save them. In this universe where they don't die. Yeah, you know that the, the the multiverse theory, you know, and all that stuff. And I think that Endgame kind of did that fine. I thought that was kind of fun how they did their their interpretation of time travel, where mm-hmm. they're just kind of like plucking seeds and like replacing them. It's fun um but when it comes down to a lot of time travel just kind of like ignores the fact that the existence of time travel makes everything behind it like meaningless like you lose a lot of the suspense off it so when a a movie does it right and does it well it makes it interesting and like butterfly effect and all these things like that's what i really i'm drawn to and i want to make that when i do write one that it is all these kinks are worked out, you know. I want to make a character's death mean something. Maybe the next chapter, three chapters from now, the character comes back, but everything is different. You corrupted the timeline, and this person is not the same person. And yeah, you know, you deal you deal with the whole entire the whole entire idea of like, yeah, this person's alive now, but he is still technically dead, just not
1: here. Yeah, yeah. Blake Crouch does that great with a uh, oh god, what book was that? Was it Recursion? No, 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 no. You ever read Blake Crouch? no i have not he's got a book that does many worlds things like that and it's like you get out you do something totally fucks it up you go back in you try to fix it you know like over and over again that kind of thing
0: yeah i read a oh uh it was i didn't know it was a time travel book till the ending which i was really excited when i'm like oh time travel didn't see it coming that's awesome yeah but it ended and it i just i I can't remember the name of it and it takes place in the arctic and it's a just it's a really fun sci-fi horror and I've just been waiting for somebody else to share it online. Yeah. And just so I could be like, I can have somebody to talk to about this book <laughs> because that ending, I had to reread it like three or four times. Cause like, no, that's not how they ended it. Like, and it just like, I want somebody else to read it just so I could be like, did he make the right choice? Mm. Like it's about branching timelines and it's about like, you know, like leaving your timeline to be on a separate timeline, but the priest you're abandoning in your timeline, like they're left without you. And like, it, it just, yeah the choice that he leaves it just blew me like i was just like i feel like personally it was the wrong choice the character made but like i need somebody to bounce this (laughs) off like that's the kind of story i want to write where you're like yeah i could see both ways this has to end and you know neither of them are good choices
1: Like that's a good ending, just that just that it sticks with you that much, you know what I mean? Some people yeah. go, well, "I still it's think," not about the, most I don't satisfying, the name of it. But it doesn't always have to be the most satisfying. Sometimes it's the most no. haunting.
0: Yeah, and it, like it resonates. Like, I, yeah, sure. I don't remember the actual name of the book. In this moment, it's sitting in my bookshelf, but I think about that ending quite often. Yeah. It, it, it has resonated with me for the last couple of years. And I think that may have actually sparked like, "Hey, I need to actually write my time travel story." It is my favorite science fiction genre. Mm. Like let's like I need to fucking just do it, you know? Yeah. And unfortunately, the book that I'm writing currently is not my time travel story because A, I haven't talked to you yet to get your advice. <laughs> and B, um, I have another, you know, another story I want to tell right now. And it's that has to do with the theory of back rooms. You know, you heard of the back room theory? I don't know that I have. It's just like a it's it's a, a newer, creepy pasta thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just the idea of you stumble across a parallel universe, mm-hmm. and the parallel universe is just empty rooms, and it, it's just it, it it's it's familiar. It feels familiar. It smells familiar. You feel like you've been here before, but you haven't. And there's nobody in these rooms, and it's just like empty offices or empty, you know, play yards. It just feel it feels eerie because there should be somebody there, but it's not in a you're being hunted by something that is watching you. And I, I stumbled across it on the interweb and I went down a rabbit hole and I'm like, yep, I don't, (laughs) I need to write this story is just itching my brain now. So that's where I've focused all my energy to to writing right now. So that's where I'm currently at. And it's just, it's, it's it's fun. It's not time travel per se, but it is multiple. It is a parallel universe. Yeah. That in itself is fun. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's I I say that about mine too, that my book I I don't want people to think of me as a science fiction writer because even though it's science fiction, the time travel is really secondary to like the, the drama. The, the kids and the adults, their adult selves, all want to be in nineteen ninety-six because the future is terrible, but only one side can be in one place. They can't both be in <laughs> the in the safe place. So it's not really about time traveling to stop this or to change this. It's about just trying to get home. Right. You know
0: about the it, it is just a journey you know yeah like,
1: yeah
0: and that's the thing I, i've kind of made a not a name for myself but i've definitely the fans that i do have the people that do consistently buy my books or are constantly reviewing or commenting they like horror mm-hmm. so i can't jump straight into a sci-fi book because they don't read sci-fi you know it's they a different... would if you wrote it though <laughs> maybe don't handcuff but... <laughs>
1: yourself too much to what people expect from you either you know
0: precisely i i agree to that i do love writing horror and I think I'll probably write horror better than I would write science fiction. So I kind of, I need to, you know, walk that line mm-hmm. of is it's only science fiction, but I have to dump horror into it mainly because I know I want to. Well, I mean, you're you, so also, your, your
1: style is going to bleed through no matter what the genre is.
0: Right. I don't want, but if I go off and I write like a romance thriller, I feel like I, <laughs> I feel like I don't have the skill sets for that. Um <laughs> I have I I, it's funny I I, I have like a notebook full of like the stories that I want to write and one of them's like a holocaust like world war ii story and I'm like I don't see a scenario where I actually write this like maybe I'll make it a short story like I like the idea and I like the the story but like maybe (laughs) I don't see myself maybe a paranormal romance
1: like the Dan Aykroyd getting the bj from the ghost and ghostbusters yeah ghostbusters
0: (laughs) It actually like it, it's a world war two holocaust story and it is a romance story and i'm like i, I don't think i'm going to write in this but it's a fun I, like the story itself is fun yeah but i don't like that's the, probably not me if we're being honest and like yeah they, yeah you don't hold yourself to like your genre like you're saying but like my ex my expectation for myself really is to not jump genres you know yeah. uh you know stephen king can do it like stephen king has been obviously horror but then all of a sudden you will have green mile and he'll have Shawshank, and he'll have. But
1: there's a real the body. There's a real visceral darkness to everything that he writes. Even to, uh,
0: yeah, he has that. He has that voice still. That, that you know,
1: yeah.
0: Whether it's horror or not, he's it's still him writing. You feel it, like
1: you're standing sh- over a trap door, no matter what you're reading.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, um, I'm not Stephen King, so I don't know if I could pull that off. Um, yeah, maybe someday I'll actually write a straight up high, sci-fi, but. Time travel, a horror time travel seems within my grasp at this time. Yeah. it's something I know I can make, I can attain. So,
1: well, if you ever want to bounce ideas off of uh, off me too, then le- yeah, man, let me know. I gotta, I mean, I got a special place for all the guests on the show, but especially the writers because you know we do the same thing <laughs> we 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 can bounce ideas off each other and all that.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, you will probably be getting not only questions from me when I write my time travel, but you're going to have to be a beta reader. I'm sorry, you just you're going to have to be at this point. So...
1: I was just like asking everybody hoping some people would say yes and then all of a sudden most of them started saying yes and I was like okay well I can't have every, everybody that I asked <laughs> on here so
0: I got to I got to cool it and be a little bit more specific from now on. It's probably best that I that took me this long to get on because I have so much more experience than I did before. It would have just been the conversation probably would have been different, yeah. you know.
1: Well same same. I mean, I've only I've only been in uh, the world of published writers for like yeah 6 months now 6 7 months yeah so
0: yeah and it, 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 and it how far are you into your next book then
1: i have about 75 pages done like they're mm. done i've i've edited them after i've written them cuz that's usually what i do is i'll print out like get to about 75 pages on like a word document 75 pages and then i'll print that out go over it all by hand go over all the corrections on the computer do the next 75 and I do it that way which isn't the fastest cuz I also write by hand
0: <laughs> oh my god
1: <laughs> jesus <laughs> if I don't write by hand though like I get like I said I have pretty bad ADD and that like connection with the thing in my hand making something where it didn't used to be and no red lines and blue lines and autofills and you know what I mean like that my brain just yeah. can't handle it
0: yeah, I use a uh, Neo Two, a little word processor that doesn't connect to the internet, hmm. and I can write in bed. I can write in the, the you know the porch. Yeah. It's so, and I I have my phone connected to music, but my phone is inside. Yeah, so I'm not distracted by my phone. I'm not distracted by the internet. It just, I understand the idea of just turning everything off, but. Writing by hand is um, fucking insane. I know. Okay. It is. It's,
1: it's, it's, <laughs> insane. i would probably be almost done with the book if I just wrote it on the computer, but <laughs> yeah, probably. I, it slows you down. Yeah. I wrote on the computer. Just, I was like, I could be doing this so much faster when I was writing switchers. And so like, I probably started the second act where I was like, I'll just do it on the computer. Got 85 give or take pages written, read it. And I was like, this is all shit. And I just threw them away and started it over by hand again.
0: Yeah yeah i i hate that feeling when you like have a couple chapters and you go back and you're reading and you're like oh none of this can stay yeah
1: and i just kept going like, of, like i'm a good writer i'll figure it out and then i just got to a point where i was like no i gotta start over
0: yeah and that's such a that's such a heartbreaking I, I save all that stuff like i said i i send i, I send it to my <clears throat> email people with people on my email list and i'll be like hey here's a here's a sneak peek and a you know something that didn't happen like <laughs> it's a deleted scene you know or how things original scene was supposed to go here's 80 out. pages
1: of meandering prose
0: yeah i'm not as I, I, i've lost <laughs> because of internet connection i have lost about 100 pages before and that mm. just takes all the wind out of your sail
1: for me i always find that like it's strange how much when i'm trying to write something like i'll remember how much i wrote yeah because sometimes i'll be writing typing something out that i wrote and then i'll go oh you know what needs to say next is this and then i'll look at the paper and it says exactly that i'm like oh whoops
0: yeah I, that's the thing that sucked when i lost that Like it was it was like 80 something pages almost 100 um my my computer just my i had a shitty laptop and it just glitched and just i didn't have i wasn't using google docs which auto saves you know yeah, yeah. i had a microsoft uh word and it just it glitched something happened and um I had transferred pages that I written on another document over. And then when it glitched, it deleted the original copy and it didn't save the, the current copy. Ooh. And I just lost everything. And I tried to do what you said, just I'm, I'm rewriting and trying to see what I can remember. And then I maybe got like 15, 20 pages into it and went, it's gone. You know, yeah, everything, everything that would have happened in this story is gone now. And I actually pressed save and I've never opened it since. like it took all the wind out of my sail that That story is sitting there i'll I'll write it someday maybe but yeah it's it's for me it's dead to me right now and
1: maybe that's actually a good thing maybe it'll be one of those things that like when you're like very advanced and deep into your career you'll look back at it and go you know what now i'm ready yeah that that should have happened that way because i'm better (laughs) at writing now than i was when i started and i can do more with this idea yeah
0: and I still love the idea. I just haven't gotten back to it. It is is—it's about an island and these crab fishermen are, are, they're stranded at sea and they end up finding their way to the island. And then they figure out the island is not what they thought. And hmm. it's not connected, just connected to basically hell. And it is just the worst possible place. And I was having fun writing it. I was say that sounds dope. It was,
1: I'd like to, see,
0: I'd like to check it out. Yeah. And it was, it was like it's not like a it's not like a tropical island like lost it's like a specific northwest island next to alaska Mm. so it's kind of snowy it's cold there's you know pine trees and shit it's a different environment than you're used to in an island and they're cold and they're trying to figure out a way to survive and they see in the distance they see that a second island has a small flame so they know there's life on that island and what does that mean for this island and and i wrote so And i was having fun with it too and it has time loops and you know, and a lot of stuff that I saw from other horror things that I really loved the tropes, and I wanted to take my own spin on the tropes. And I want to get back to it, but even when I think about it now, all that work I had lost is just a kick, kick to the balls, and I just can't go back to it. Yeah. <laughs> so someday maybe. Yeah.
1: ever have periods from when you finished your first book to now where you're just in that rare spot where you're not working on anything and you're like what am I gonna do next ah or do you pretty much kind of have some kind of a seed forming by the time you're really wrapping something else up
0: yeah I um, I have up the top of my head I have nine books that I know I want to write well there you go and I have (laughs) I have the beginning and I have the end for them right and they're sitting there on my phone as, you know, like, here's the premise. Here's where, you know, it's going to go. And then I have just have a collection of these stories. And unfortunately, like a moron, um, when I finish writing, I go, okay, those will be there. What else do I have that I could brew up? You know, (laughs) like,
1: you think it's a security thing where you're like, just in case I ever do run out of ideas, I've got these ones in in reserve.
0: It's a draft. You know, it's like when you save your draft, yeah. And it, it's, it's a draft for in the, like writing in the future. Like, well, and I don't have a good enough idea. Maybe I'll just pull out dust a, you know, the dust off this cover and give it a shot. I don't know. I know I'm going to work on those. One of those is gonna be the next book I write called The Treehouse. And I know that that's the next where I'm going. But this idea I'm talking about with the back rooms, it was something that just literally came out of nowhere. Mm. I actually was planning on writing something about a cult. And my wife loved the idea. And she's like, let's do this. And I'm like, I love everything I'm saying. The words, it's great. I want to do this. And then I even pitched it to a publisher. And they said, go write it. And I said, yes. And then this backroom thing put me down a fucking rabbit hole. And the scary, everything, the the, the environment and the momentum of the story. And I'm like, the cult thing is also going to be put in the back burner. Put it as a draft, (laughs) throw it aside. And now I have to do this because it's just overwhelmingly telling me I have to write it.
1: Well, maybe we'll uh, talk in some more off-air, and you can pick my brain on some of the things that I've learned about <laughs> time travel and writing science for uh, for stupid people, myself included. <laughs> um, and I'll pick your brain on cult stuff because I just got done telling somebody else too. I'm at a spot in my book now where I'm like, man. I'm just I'm not seeing very far down the road right now. You know what I mean? It's all just one yeah. step at a time. And that is causes anxiety for me, not like lose my mind to anxiety, just like, man, let's hurry up and get this through this part. Um, but the the main bad guy is a cult leader, and I'm trying to really immerse myself into cult stuff so that I can write about it with some authenticity. Cause that's right. that's where I'm at right now, is I just don't feel like I can write enough about it to where somebody who maybe has experience would be like, Oh yeah, this dude's legit. He knows what he's kind of talking about. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Yeah. It's a a different feeling when you read a book and you know that the author has submersed himself into the, the environment, you know, Yeah. and knows he's like, I've gone to haunted houses and like, like, you know, people are like, Hey, my house is haunted. And I'll be like, Hey, can I go hang out at your house for a minute? (laughs) You know, when I'm my ghost story, just so I can have that environment and feeling, you know, and like, you know, I don't, know if I believe in ghosts but if I put myself in that mindset and I do what is this how does this feel yeah and I've tried to put myself in situations that would give me an opinion about it writing and, you know I've done research when it comes to haunted houses and all that stuff but you know it's haunted houses like it's it's it, the research you do is only is only relevant to that sector of the internet you know yeah, yeah yeah so but yeah I get that when it comes to the cult it's like documentary you know documentaries and reading books about cults and then talking to people like lucky enough, I have a friend who was part of a cult and I was able to pick her brain about it and be like, tell me about this cult, you know, and kind of, so that's kind of where that one came from. Yeah. You know, I actually met somebody
1: who worked at a coffee shop and I said, Hey, they they had my book in the coffee shop and I said, Hey, will you hold this? And I'll take a picture of it and say like, Hey, so-and-so can, you can come down here and get this book. And she was like, sure. And then she was like, what are you working on now? And I told her, she's like, oh, I was in a cult when I was a kid. And I was like, really? <laughs> Would you talk about it on my podcast sometime so I can, like, interview you for the book? And, like, also, that's just interesting. And she was like, yeah. So hopefully sometime in the next month or two, she'll she uh, she'll be on the podcast where I can
0: pick her brain pick a little her bit.
1: Brain and then also exploit it for uh, a podcast. <laughs> podcast.
0: Hey,
1: if you <laughs> want to get on, that's content, man. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think, like... I'm I'm mostly joking about exploiting it, but like, yeah, no, that, that kind of stuff is really interesting just because it really happens. You know what I mean? There's people out there yeah. that are so scientifically charismatic that they can make people do terrible,
0: weird things. Yeah. And in a it's group, just, in a massive group. Yeah. And, and it's just so... Interesting how this they're so charismatic and they're able to just manipulate a situation and just people will, will live their word. Everything they say, it just yeah. it's captivating, man. Yeah, it's such a crazy thing to dive into. And the more you read it, it's just so tragic. Even like the ones that aren't don't end in a Jonestown necessarily. Yeah, yeah. But almost none of them end well. Like there's always it's just insane and so sad, you know. Yeah.
1: At the at best, it's everyone walks away physically healthy, but like damaged somehow
0: some way even their psyche yeah, yeah. Man. like their trust in people
1: which is why it makes such good uh good fiction fuel because it's everybody you say like cult and immediately everyone's like mm.
0: ooh, mm. yeah
1: everybody's got feelings yeah and yeah. It,
0: yeah and that's what I, the book i was trying to write it's a cult book and it's horror and it's it was right up my alley and it's a hot word right now you know cult documentaries are everywhere and people are, it's 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 relevant and all that stuff and it yeah i probably should be writing that one <laughs> and i like my wife my wife loves the idea of it and which is you know like I said, she kind of she kind of steers my ship but uh i'll get back to it and say if but i keep struggling it on is, it
1: maybe it'll be a maybe it'll be a two-person book <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show and letting me talk to you and pick your brain. Um, it was it was a lot of fun, man. Thanks.
0: Appreciate it. It was a pleasure, and I um, definitely want to come back. So make sure oh, yeah. to find me a space. All right. For sure. And then, and then um, eventually um, we will be so in sync. I will take over your podcast, and it will be mine. <laughs> you know, That's the plan.
1: Sometimes while I'm editing and trying to book guests and schedule stuff, I would be like, you know what? Maybe somebody else wants to do this. <laughs> It's the talking to the people that's the fun part, man. This is the great part. So, (laughs) yeah.
0: All right. Thanks, man. Thank you. Bye.
1: everybody that was mike salt that was the whole thing you heard it all until uh, the next time we speak so all right guys check out mike salt listen listen read his books and uh, keep listening to the show love you guys Mwah! ba 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 ba
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, 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 man. Weird, right?